Welcome to another great message by Pastor Adrian Wright, lead pastor at Anchor Church. We pray this message will encourage, inspire, and transform your life. Our heart is to share the hope of Jesus with our city and nation. share a message with you this morning entitled, He is our rest. He is our rest. He is our peace. He's known as the Prince of Peace. He is the God who brings a peace that transcends understanding beyond what we can think of or, or imagine. If you look at your circumstances, you think there's no way that I should have peace in this moment right now. But when God is present in your life, when you cry out to Him, when you walk with Him, there's something supernatural, that reassuring presence of the Holy Spirit. So I believe that Jesus is our rest. And I want to look at a few scriptures. I'm going to go to the book of Mark today. Mark chapter number, uh, chapter number two, the second chapter in the, in the gospel of Mark. And I'm going to read five verses from Mark 20, 23 to 28. It says, one Sabbath, talking about the Sabbath, the Sabbath under the law was a specific day where the Jewish people, the Israelites, had to sit that day aside and not do any work. So one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees, these were the religious people that administrated the law and wanted people to follow the law and interpreted the laws and told people how it applies to the various parts of life. The Pharisees were saying to him, look, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, the showbread in the temple, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat, and also gave to those who were with him. And he said to him, this is Jesus saying this, saying the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Son of Man, so the Son of Man, this is Jesus, is the Lord, even of the Sabbath. I want to talk about that Sabbath because Sabbath traditionally means rest. And a lot of people have turned that idea of the Sabbath into something that you, it's like a duty that has to be fulfilled. It's an obligation where you will be in trouble with God if you don't keep the Sabbath. But Jesus sheds some light and says, no, we, God actually knew that because of the fact that as people, we are always trying to figure things out right now in the midst of this pandemic, you might be trying to figure things out figure out your finances, figure out how you're going to homeschool your kids, figure out how you're going to move forward, figure out how you're going to get through this difficult moment in your marriage. You might be trying to figure things out all the time. And what Jesus is saying is that the Sabbath was created for us to take a step back, to be still for a moment, and to be reminded of the fact that God is the one who is in control, that He is the one who can give us peace, and that he is the one that will work all things together for good. And so it's really made for us. We're not made for the Sabbath. Psalms 23, Psalm 23, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. Just listen to this, how different this may sound to the panic that you're experiencing right now. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
For anybody watching this going, why wouldn't I want him if he's my shepherd? I thought that as a kid until I realized what it really meant was I wouldn't be in need. I won't have lack because God is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. The Hebrew for, for still waters, that Hebrew phrase is waters of rest. This is an amazing idea that our God, Jesus, He is the one that leads us and causes us to lie down in green pastures. This is spiritually speaking. This is speaking about your soul right now. He makes you lie down next to in green pastures and, and to, to, He leads you beside these waters of rest. Whenever I read that scripture, I think about a time many years ago that I visited a tiny uh, just a tiny town where my grandfather actually was a pastor many years ago. It's a tiny town um, somewhere in the middle of Mpumalanga, one of our provinces here in South Africa. And the town is called Mashadadorp. And uh, I went out to Mashadadorp with my dad and a friend. We went fishing and my dad had some work that he was doing there. And, um, and so we were out in this town and I woke up one Sunday morning and on the, you know, one of the, the weekend that we were there and, and it was just such a beautiful morning. Uh, Mashadadorp has a, a river running through it, running through the town. And, and uh, next to this, one part of this river had these beautiful trees that grew beside the river and a little rope bridge and just this idyllic scene. So quiet. There's very few people out there. And I got up. I remember going and I was feeling a little tired that morning, you know, when you're just feeling a little lazy early in the morning. And I, and I went and I sat down next to this river and I, I was just thinking and enjoying the sunlight, enjoying the sound of the water. And I kind of put my, 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 my head down on top of my arm and my knees as I was sitting there. And I don't know how long it was for, but I must have dozed off for a few minutes. And, uh, and when I looked up, there was a monitor lizard that had crawled out on a rock very close to me, kind of just in the water, just in the river. And I looked up and the monitor lizard realized that I was awake and and I saw him and he saw me and we connected, our eyes connected. We had a moment. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment between me and this lizard uh, on this Sunday morning. And, uh, and you know when you think that maybe this is something magical and you move closer and maybe you're like, maybe he'll let me pet him. He didn't. He just jumped straight into the water the moment I moved. But the point is that I remember just the peace that I experienced in that moment. Just such peace. I close my eyes. I can feel it again. That warm sun, that cool breeze. Uh, the sound of the water, just that, you know, just, just sitting there and experiencing the joy that God has put in nature. And it reminds me whenever I read of being laid down in green pastures and, and, and being led beside still waters, that this is what God intends to do in our lives. This is what He wants for us. He doesn't want us to be living in panic and stress and, and anxiety. He calls us to not be anxious, but to trust in Him. He wants our walk with Him to be like that, peace. Maybe your relationship with God hasn't felt that way. Maybe you feel like God's constantly disappointed with you or mad at you or wanting to get back at you, and, and, and it feels the furthest thing from peace. Well, that's why this message is so important. That's why people need to come to understand the gospel and what God is really saying and what he said through the life of Jesus. Essentially, what God invites us to is to rest in the finished work of Jesus and to be able to therefore enjoy a relationship with God. What a novel thought that 
serving God is not meant to be something that's done out of duty or fear or obligation, but something that is based in joy. The Sabbath was made for man, Jesus said. I have created rest for people. It's amazing how we can take the things in life that are meant to be enjoyed and turn them into a chore, like get completely too serious about them and, and, uh, and totally lose perspective on why we started doing them in the first place. Uh, for those of you living in South Africa, we have a game here in South Africa called 30 Seconds. Now, you know, when we're doing marriage counseling with couples and we ask them, when did the troubles in your marriage start? Many can go back to a moment where they were playing 30 seconds together and all the married couples said, amen. Because for some reason, it has the ability to, to really put relationships in, in you know, difficult spaces, to create chasms. You know, friends have been lost and, 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 and you know, lives ruined by this simple game, um, especially if you're one of those people that is extremely competitive. So we have a knack for making things that are supposed to be fun, losing perspective, getting too competitive, and turning them into something that is no longer enjoyable. And many people do this with their relationship with God. This is meant to be a journey that is fulfilling, that, you know, an adventure. It involves adventure and, and grace and peace and purpose. That's, that's what this journey is supposed to feel like. But so often for us, it just becomes a duty, a chore, a resentful dragging along. And, and we turn everything that is associated to it into just something else that we have to do. For a lot of Christians, this is why they no longer are Christians and, and for, or no longer you know, find joy in their Christianity. And for a lot of people that aren't Christians, this is the reason why they don't want to become one. Because they feel that it's just going to be hard work, obligation, duty, and, and, and something that's going to be stifling. But really, it's freedom. Really, it's, it's supposed to be something that's to be enjoyed. We, we don't know how to rest, specifically because we don't know how to trust. You know, you can only rest well when your heart and your mind are at ease. I remember this with, with my boys when they, were, when they were younger and, you know, we'd try and get them to sleep and they, and they wouldn't fall asleep. And, and what I would do, I would pick them up and I would just carry them around or just lay them down on my chest and just kind of tap them on the back a little bit. And, and, and in that, that peace and that quiet that they would find there, they would fall asleep. Many of you aren't sleeping because you aren't trusting. And many of you struggle to rest in Jesus, to rest in the gospel, but that is actually an issue of do you trust in Jesus? I heard E. Stanley Jones say the more mature a believer is, the less seriously he takes himself or she takes herself. And that's just so true, that the more mature we are, the more mature we become as believers, we realize it's not about us and we're able to relax a lot more and just let God take control and allow him to take the lead. God wants us to know and to receive his peace through understanding the righteousness that we have in Jesus. This is where it comes from. Do you trust today that God has saved you completely, that you are utterly justified, that you are made right with God apart from your goodness or badness, 
your works or your lack thereof, do you believe today that Jesus has done everything necessary for you to rest from your works and your striving and your straining and instead to trust in his grace? This is essential to living in a relationship with God. I want to read you um, just a few verses in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 4, 1 to 7. And, and I want to read all of them, and, and, and I'm, I'll, I'll show you what it means in a moment. It might sound like, you know, the writer of Hebrews takes a couple of rabbit trails here, but, but just stick with me here. Just seven verses, because there's something that I read in this little passage of Scripture that changed my life. It was one of the most life-altering passages when I grasped it, when the penny dropped, and I realized what it was saying to me. It completely changed my relationship with God. Hebrews 4, 1 to 7 says, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest as he has said, I swore, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all of his works. And again in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore, it remains for some to enter it. And those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Again, he appoints a certain day today saying through David so long afterwards in the words already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Now, there's a lot in that, and, and you may be wondering what that means. We're going to look. It's so simple, and I'm going to help you see that in a moment. Verse 9 says this. It says, So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Whoever has entered God's rest, rests from his works as God did from his. This passage of scripture here in Hebrews 4 is talking about the people of Israel. They were in the wilderness and wanted to receive the promise of God. They wanted to go into the promised land and experience rest. They had been wandering the wilderness for years. But the problem is, the reason why they couldn't enter into that rest and into that promise is because they did not believe the gospel, the good news that God would do it for them. In other words, they didn't trust that God would give them the rest he promised. And so in disobedience, which you can see clearly in that scripture, how it talks about disobedience and failing to reach it, and a lack of faith. It, that's essentially what they couldn't, they were disobedient to the message by no longer trusting that God would be faithful to his word. That, that's an incredible truth for us to understand. Many times we think disobedience looks like doing things that are wrong, but the truth is disobedience starts through not believing the truth of who God is and the truth of his faithfulness. So because of this, even though they had the opportunity to enter God's rest, without faith, they could not enter. The scriptures say without faith, it's impossible to please God. In other words, as long as we're trying to do it in our own strength, as Israel were in the wilderness, trying to figure out a path by themselves, 
we will forever be wandering, lost in our own efforts. But when we put our faith in God and in the gospel and in the good news, we enter that rest. Just as God rested on the seventh day, we get to rest with him. And so what it is saying in this passage is don't harden your heart today. God has rest for you. He has peace for your life. He wants to fill you with his joy, with his goodness, with his grace. He wants to show you his mercy. But if you harden your heart and say, I don't want that. I want to make it on my own. You will not be able to enter in. No flesh, the Bible says, shall glory in his presence. None of us can make it in our own strength. In the book of Genesis, where it tells us how God created the world in those, in those six days, in those first six days, he created everything, the pinnacle of his creation being mankind, and he breathes his spirit into them. They become spiritual beings, not just physical beings, people that are able to have a relationship with God. And he looks at what he had created and God says that it is good. And then it tells us and reminds us again here in Hebrews 4 that on the seventh day, God rested from his work. What's so interesting is that the first day of humankind's life, the first day of man's life was the day of rest. So God works for six days and then he rests. But for us, we must first rest in God. And only then can we truly be moved to work, to, to you know, live and have our being in all that God has called us to live out and to, and to be and to do. Watchman Nee, a well-known pastor and, and author, said this. He said, whereas God worked six days and then enjoyed his Sabbath rest, Adam began his life with the Sabbath, for God works before he rests, while man must first enter into God's rest, and then alone can he work. God rested on the seventh day after having finished the work. Well, when Jesus was on the cross, his final words were, it is finished. The Sabbath is a time of, of, of rest and it was foreshadowing when God completed his work in creation and instituted the Sabbath that there will be a time of rest for mankind. In the same way, it was foreshadowing that Jesus would finish the work on the cross and that we as people would be able to enter into God's rest because of our faith in him. In other words, Jesus is the Sabbath. He is the Sabbath. He is our rest. We, we don't just observe a Sabbath on a certain day of the week. If you do that in order to remind yourself of God's faithfulness, that is a great thing to do. It's a great practice. But we don't live for the Sabbath. We live in the Sabbath. God created rest for us because he has already completed the work through Jesus on the cross. Look at how it tells us this in Colossians 2 verse 16. It says, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. And I, in other words, to put it plainly, don't let people judge you for how you observe the Sabbath or don't observe a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, a foreshadowing. But the substance belongs to Christ. 
the substance belongs to Christ. When we, when we practice the Sabbath, we're actually now in reverse, remembering what Jesus has already done for us. You see, faith is the key to rest. When you trust in God in a very real way in your life, you will find yourself being able to sleep figuratively and, you know, literally, practically, and not toss and turn all night being worried and fearful and anxious because you know that God cares about you, loves you, and is in control. God brings the growth, not our work. The kingdom, Jesus said, is like a man who sows seed and then goes to bed. And he wakes up in the morning and there is a harvest and he doesn't know how it came about, but the earth yields its crops. In other words, your relationship with God looks like this. Put your faith in him and then rest. And what you will notice as you rest in Jesus and as you trust in him is that all of a sudden there is a harvest of righteousness, of joy, of peace in your life. And you will wonder, how did this come about? But when you plant the seed of faith in your life, it produces a harvest, even while you are sleeping or resting. It's faith. So faith looks like rest and it looks like trust. Hebrews 4.11, that next verse, my, my, the final verse I want to share from that chapter this morning, says, let us therefore be diligent to rest so that no one may fall by that same sort of disobedience. Let's be diligent. Even in this moment right now, whatever you're facing, be diligent to trust. Be diligent to keep your confidence. Be diligent to continually trust in Jesus and His goodness and His grace. And by doing so, you're obeying the gospel. You're obeying the truth of who God is. The moment we begin to try and figure our way out and, and earn our way through, we're disobeying the gospel and it betrays a lack of faith. We've got to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. It is the best thing that you can do for your own soul to know that God is faithful and true and that he loves you. Second Peter 3 verse 14 says, Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. Again, we are reminded that we are supposed to be intentional about trusting in Jesus. It's only through his grace that any of us can be without spot or blemish. So let's keep trusting in the finished work of the cross and let's be found as people who are at peace. We're at peace with God. We're at peace with one another. We're at peace within ourselves because of the presence of of Jesus. Let's not go back to striving and straining and, and trying to figure it all out in our own strength, trying to earn our way. Let's not go back, in other words, to the law, lest we fall by that same example of disobedience. We are to be diligent to rest in Jesus, to follow his Holy Spirit as he leads us beside still waters and we sit beside the stream of his grace. God has peace that flows like a river that can flow into and through your life this morning. And I want to encourage us right now just to close our eyes 
and just to allow God's peace to wash over us.